Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs, a podcast, the Cavaliers, the owner of the, what, what do they own EG? The fifth pick, which is the worst pick they could have had. No, they could have had sixth. No, oh, you're could right. They? It is the worst. I thought it was fifth. I thought, no, you're fifth. right. It is fifth because yeah. no, I think the Grizzlies. Oh yeah. Maybe it was six, but still, yeah, I mean, six. whatever. Yeah. Fifth or but... sixth. It doesn't matter. You're still, you're behind the Lakers, Knicks, uh, Grizzlies and Pelicans. But at least the Knicks and Lakers, neither team is getting Zion Williamson. So a little bit of karma for the NBA. And uh, if we if we thought the league was fixed, there are certainly a lot of narratives that this could have fit. Uh, getting big markets into the top four, you know, the league repaying the Pelicans a little bit. Well, yeah. How about that? I mean... If what's what's the best way to to get rid of of drama in terms of trading the number one pick to the Pelicans for Anthony and Anthony Davis? Give them the number one pick <laughs> yeah. with a six with their six percent chance. Yeah, and it certainly seems as if uh, them sitting AD down the stretch and basically just going into full on tank mode uh, certainly. Uh, helped their chances. I mean, there there was a yeah. big discussion in the lottery room about how this will help or hurt um, tanking in the NBA, and a lot of them said they help. But if you see a team like the Pelicans, who basically tanked the end of their season and ended up with a 6% chance and got the guy, you got to say, well, that <laughs> might encourage tanking just as much as it might discourage it. So Yeah, it's hard to say. I think you're probably on the money with the... The other part of it, which is that, um, you know, which is which is basically that that they they wanted to they wanted 
well, not why. Who knows? I mean, conspiracy theories, theories aside, they got with five, and they got, um, and they got the Pelicans with the number one pick. So they've got a, at least a fighting chance with David Griffin in charge, and and now Zion Williamson coming. Like, if you're AD and you're looking around, like, do you do you do you start to reconsider? Yeah, one second. So we have uh, David Wood joining us. Uh, David, are you are you sipping a beer there? I am. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe mute your mic while you're sipping because I heard the. What What are you drinking? What's your drink of choice this evening? What uh, Aldi beer tra- are you drinking? No, no Aldi beer. I got some Trailhead. From- nice. Oh, sipping it, sipping a beer, okay. sipping a beer while you watch highlights of DeAndre Hunter and Jared Culver. Uh, Pretty much. No, no Jared Culver. He sucks. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm. I'm standing Brandon Clark for the next five weeks. But we'll probably get Brandon Clark's the... not getting taken anywhere anywhere in the top twenty-five. We will probably get him, him on the top with the Cavs second pick. It, you will see guys that haven't been on anybody's mock radar uh, go in the lottery because there are so many teams that are playing it close to the best this year. Um, and I'm really hoping that Rob Palinka and his genius, in his genius with the Ramses, wind up taking ball ball once they realize they can't get Anthony Davis. Oh, I'm thinking. Oh God, that'd be so Cam great. Reddish. <laughs> yeah, they're they're. I would say almost definitely taking Cam Reddish, unless they they have unless someone with the brain chimes in, they take Culver. But yeah, but there's nobody with a brain in that organization. <laughs> Probably the closest is the the their new head coach. You know what's funny is, in a way, this actually hurts the Lakers somewhat because the top four pick for the NBA draft has a lot bigger uh, guaranteed salary than where they would have been, you know, towards the end of the draft if they'd have, uh, or towards the end of the lottery if they'd have stayed where the odds kind of dictated. And oh, I still actually... think this pick is going to be traded for somebody. Oh, I, I believe so too, but for Chris Paul. <laughs> oh God! Really? Want to want to bring in Chris Paul, the guy that can't get the Rockets over the hump, or the Chris Clippers Paul over the hump, and a, uh, and a Walker to be named later? <laughs> that, that sounds exactly what GM LeBron would do, though. Oh, absolutely! Yes. I don't think Le- GM LeBron's in charge, though. If GM LeBron yeah. was in charge; they Ty Lue would be their coach. Uh, the Lakers' cap number is actually going to be higher, but you think it's going to get moved? Um, yeah. I think the other direction they could go is look at trading LeBron because they seem to be floating that idea a lot. Um, I don't know if they're floating that idea. I feel like the media is floating that idea. I, I think the Lakers, the Lakers would be, I mean, that is the ultimate, like they could survive Dwight Howard, not fitting in and having to move on from that after a year, having LeBron James, even at age 34, 35, like, and, Trading LeBron, being the team that traded LeBron James, like I don't know if you uh, that it, it's. Just I, I don't really know if you bad, do either, but I don't know really how bad they've look. survived everything else they've gone through. You know, in the last <laughs> the Gong Show that is the Lakers. So I don't know trading I mean, trading LeBron's like the what you say if you want to sound smart. I feel like right now, <laughs> yeah, possibly. I would. Tra- I mean, I would trade LeBron too. But it's just not a real move. <laughs> if I were the Lakers, I would have, you know, we would be in a completely different situation right now. So, 
<laughs> I can't really I can't really say what I would do, you know, because <laughs> they've done <laughs> nothing I would do so far. So they've done nothing. Yeah. Most but I mean, the only the only team that's the only team that's taking LeBron James is a team that's ready to win a championship, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 100 percent in agreement with you. Or possibly, like if, like if Kevin Durant does move on and go to the Knicks, does Golden State call the Lakers and say, "Hey, why don't you trade? Why don't you trade us LeBron, and we'll, you know, we'll trade you, you know, Durant, some okay, the- package of stuff." The the problem oh. with that theory, and I've heard this theory with, uh, with the. Uh, with the Sixers too, is that you have to have a really big contract to send back that the Lakers don't. Well, I don't think they might particularly care, but in the, uh, in what the if Philly, they, what if they resigned, what if they resigned Boogie cousins and then traded him? I, it could, that would work, but you'd have to get, you have to get the player that's signing the contract to actually agree to it. So, wouldn't you? You don't think Boogie would agree to go to the Lakers to be the new face of their franchise for a thirty million well, dollar contract? Absolutely, he would. Yeah, yeah but they <laughs> couldn't even trade him until it makes it almost makes too much sense. They couldn't trade except, him until December, except though. They cannot sign the the problem with that is they can't sign Boogie to a big enough number to make that work because Boogie does not have bird rights. They can't exceed the salary cap to sign Boogie. They would have to trade one of their core four. To make trade right, trade Draymond for him. Yeah, but do the Lakers want Draymond for him? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I I think if they want to go that direction, they could certainly explore that. I don't think it's very intelligent, but nothing they've done. Well, what what do the Lakers do that is intelligent? No, I'm not arguing <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just hired a coach and his backup. Yeah, you know what's really exciting is that the Pelicans could conceivably end up with uh, Zion and Barrett, because if they moved AD to the Knicks for uh, for the third pick, they could conceivably get Barrett. I'm oh, there's sure. no way they're moving. They're not moving AD now. Why wouldn't they? If AD doesn't want to be there, he's still only under contract for one more year. And yeah, but- here's the other thing, David. AD does not want to go and be second fiddle to Zion Williamson in a small market. And that's what How he'll be, he be now. No, no, there's no way he'd be second fiddle to him. I feel like he has to have the goodwill, like, of staying in New Orleans. Because it's not no, – it's a freak so. accident. <sighs> I don't know. Because that team's going to be if good. Griff, depends if Griff can work his magic. Who knows? Like, I – maybe that's why I have irrational faith, faith in uh, David Griffin. But I think AD stays in that team ends up being, like, a fifth seed or something. No. If they I play think, the off I think it's over. Right. I don't think AD wants to go be a fifth seed. I I think AD will not stay. He will not guarantee he's staying, which will force Golden State's hand, and they have to move him. They can't risk getting nothing I mean, for him. Pelicans. Yeah. The Pelicans, yeah. Who who do they trade him to? What team is he going to that's going to make him like uh, better than a fifth seed? Uh, the Knicks. Well, they could trade him. They, they could trade him to the... Atlanta. Trade him to Atlanta yeah. for their both of their first rounders. Yeah, yeah, but Atlanta's going to be a seven seed with him. They'd be like a seven seed. The Knicks? No are you kidding me? The Knicks are got, garbage. If they got KD yeah, and the Knicks Kyrie, are, like Knicks are they're talking KD about. And Kyrie. Yeah, 
That's a pretty okay, good you, big three. All right. Supposedly, supposedly that's a big three, three, but this feel that feels like it would be like the Lakers season when they got Steve Nash and Dwight Howard. Granted, those guys were older. Those guys were a talent. lot older, David. Come on. Yeah, yeah, but that's just too much talent. I, I don't see them doing it. You mean like you what mean like in Golden State by- right now? Yeah, but they were already established. Okay, well, what about Boston? What's Boston done? Like, what has Boston really done? What's Kyrie done by himself? What's Kevin Durant done by himself? I'm, What's AD done by, still by himself? Doesn't, it doesn't Kawhi matter. Leaves, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're still in the East. And here's the thing. You got – he's not going to go to Boston because, A, he already said – his dad already said he doesn't want to go to Boston. And the only reason he'd go to Boston is if they could hang on to Kyrie. And it doesn't sound like they're going to hang on to Kyrie. So there's absolutely no way AD is probably going to Boston. So but it's pretty much either that, you trade him to trade him to the Knicks for the third pick, or you trade him to, or you you know you could trade him to the to Lakers for the fourth pick and and stuff if they if Griff if Griff decides he wants. To. But I think Griff will know at a certain point if he's just futile to try to convince him to stay if he just knows he's not going to stay. Yeah. Because well, he's, I think he, he's can, got a good he can be a free agent and sign, but he can be a free agent and sign in LA in two years if he wants. Yeah. And so, he's got a good enough relationship with clutch that he's going to be able to suss that out, you know, yeah. but, the, but the other thing, I mean, he could go to Boston because Boston still has a ton of future picks. Boston could pretty much gamble that, Hey, the Sixers aren't going to be the same next year. Kawhi is going to the Clippers. We will, and and that stuff's all going to be figured out. Kyrie's going to the Knicks, huh? Kyrie's going to the Knicks. No, but I'm saying that stuff's all going to be figured out by the time you're going to go. You're going to go be Terry Rozier's. Have Terry Rozier's your point guard? I don't know. I'm just saying that the East could still be wide open, and he could still get to the finals every year and increase his Q rating, which seems to be what his group is most interested in right now. So I'm just saying that Boston's still a possibility. And I, Boston would I still – well, here's what I'm saying. Boston would still take that risk that, hey, we can get to the finals with this guy and convince him to resign. Yeah, but what Boston has to offer isn't as good as what the Knicks have to offer. This also, year, how is Boston has a ton of future picks. How is Boston going to beat the Bucks without uh, Kyrie Irving and, like, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? I'm – Saying, all I'm saying is the Raptors and the Sixers aren't going to be the same next year. I'm not talking about the Bucks, and the Bucks, you know, they may not have Middleton. Who knows? We'll see what happens. The off season's going to be I, wild. I feel like it will the Bucks be. are the Bucks are going to hold strong to the top. They're going to be like those weird LeBron teams that had no supporting cast but were oddly really good. No, I think they have a great supporting cast. I think Middleton might be the most underrated player in the NBA. So, we're getting off track, though. Let's yeah. let's get back to the draft. <laughs> the draft. Okay, yeah. So, so were you guys surprised to see the the how it unfolded? Were you surprised to see the the Cavs at five? I, I will tell you right now, I'm not. I, I I I don't know if I predicted it, but I expected them to be in that four, five, six range. I did not think that uh, that the 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 ball that the lottery balls were going to be kind to them this year. Four times again, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I I gotta say, I don't know that I'm that upset about it. I mean, people either. will say, oh, you know, not upset don't you all. want don't you want Zion?" And I'm like, "Well, 
with Zion comes comes r- r- vastly uh, pushed up expectations, yeah. and also the pressure is on almost immediately to start building back towards um, being a championship contender. And I'm not sure that Zion Williamson is the face of a championship contender. I think Zion Williamson is the him and another guy could be, but I don't think he's that he's not that a one star that LeBron was when he came out or, um, you know, or like even Durant was when he came out. Like it just well, doesn't, I'm, I'm going to disagree the with you there, but I mean, that's a difference of opinion. Um, I think, but I do think your point is totally valid. I'm going to disagree with your face of the franchise comment, but here's, but here's my but, comment is completely well, valid. I mean, face of the franchise in the he's the he's the transcendent player. I don't even yeah. think he's Giannis or Giannis, whatever. I think he's the best. You know, the best comp I've seen was what somebody called him today on the on the email chain. Charles Barkley Vince meets Carter. Uh, Vince Carter. Well, neither of those guys ever got anywhere close to a championship. So <laughs> he's point forward, Blake Griffin. Like the year Blake Griffin was dishing out all those assists when Chris Paul went down. Yeah, that's I agree. Like what I think Again, the apex not, of not his a, career. Not a transcendent, be. not not a transcendent athlete. I mean, he's a tremendous fun, he's fun a tremendous to watch. athlete, fun to watch, powerful, strong. You know, we'll see. Can he develop a? Can he develop a consistent shots on the? You know, or does he just become basically a a, a Draymond that can score a little bit better? If if he learned how to move off the ball, like cutting to the hoop and stuff, I think he could really have a ridiculous career, like where he's not having to actually work for shots or just be purely physical about it. But in in a modern game where the three ball is taken over, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, I'm I think you guys are both being ridiculous, but that's me. I think he's gonna be. I I think he. I will call it now. He will be a Hall of Famer. And uh, uh, barring injury, wow, that's barring thanks, injury. OBJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, barring a serious injury, I, well, I think I, he will be a perennial all star. I think he will be, uh, he'll definitely be one of the better players of this generation. I don't believe he's a surefire Hall of Famer. I think he's the best prospect since LeBron, who was the best prospect since Magic. And I'll just leave it at that. You think he has passing like LeBron? He doesn't. Or shooting have like LeBron? Passing like LeBron? Uh, he's a better LeBron shooter like than LeBron. LeBron was when LeBron came into the league. He's a better shooter than LeBron. I don't know about was. that. Um, also, he's, and he's bigger a better ball than LeBron handler. is. Uh, he doesn't have the vision LeBron does, but he, you know, maybe four guys ever had the vision LeBron did when he came in the league. But he's a better ball handler, and he's a better shooter. Than LeBron when he came into the league, and he is a light years better defender. He will immediately be in the top two all defensive team. I mean, he's going to be that good as a defender. He's okay. going to be phenomenal. So I don't I'm, think he's. I don't think he's. A, I don't think he's a surefire Hall of Famer. Oh, I. I Look, hey, I, if you're going to bet, bet I would big, love to. So. I'd love to have the guy, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to say. Look, he's clearly the number one. Guy oh, yeah, in class by a wide margin. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm super excited for the Pelicans. I'm super excited he did not go to the big market. I'm super excited for David Griffin because yeah, that guy I will always love. You know, as I call him 
NBA champion David Griffin was on the stage with <laughs> NBA champion Nick Gilbert tonight. So uh, I, I'll always love that guy. So I'm I'm super happy for him. I'm happy that the Pelicans are in a much better situation. I'm happy that Anthony Davis, no matter what happens, will probably have to eat a little crow because he's no longer the biggest story in New Orleans. You know, and no matter what, those I don't think those fans will ever forgive him. I think that's the other reason that he can't stay. Um, so we'll yeah. see. Maybe um, not. We'll see. If if anyone can talk him into staying, it might be David Griffin. But yeah. then again, maybe not. And if he can't, then you can be assured that Griffin Griffin will get the best yeah. deal that he can. Uh, whether that means trading him to the Knicks for the third pick or uh, or the Lakers for the fourth pick and a bunch of young guys or the Hawks and a couple of their, their two first-rounders, but something. I mean, yeah. it's definitely definitely going to be – oh, wow, Rodney Hood just hit a three to end the first quarter. Okay. I didn't think he was going to play. I thought he tore something. No, he hyperextended his knee, but as we all know, Rodney Hood tends to – exaggerate injuries so well he's looked great for portland during this run good no i'm super happy for him um i wish he was this guy i wish he was this guy in 2017 or 2018 whenever it was yeah lebron LeBron would have stayed later in the podcast you have to tell us about the greatest game you ever saw live was that the greatest game you ever saw live greatest game i've ever seen live yeah um, well, but, and certainly because mainly because I didn't have a stake in it, so I didn't have to live on on live and die by each shot. I just could enjoy it as as a pure basketball game. But well, I'll get to that later, though. Awesome, awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm totally happy with five. I actually prefer five to two or three because I feel like there's a lot of consensus that Jaw and Jaw Morant and R.J. Barrett are the second and third picks, and I don't feel that they're necessarily any better than any of the other guys there. Uh, but there will be a lot of pressure on the Cavs to take one of those two guys, and now the Cavs can just kind of take the best player available. There's no one player that uh, really stands out there at five. So I'm excited yeah, about that. Andre Hunter. Uh, I'd rather have Brandon Clark, truthfully. But, well, okay. but we can get into that. So... Um, E.G., you happy at five? Yeah, I think you said that you were. Oh, I'm I'm fine at five. I expected yeah. to be around four or five. So okay. the only thing I'm a little bit bummed about is, well, I was super nervous about the both the Lakers and the Knicks still being in the in the top in the top four, before you know before they announced the the finals. I'm glad how that ended up because now. Those two teams can wrestle over who the who the third and fourth best team, you know, which which yeah. Duke player to take uh, now that Zion's gone. But yeah, I, I'm fine with five. I felt like I mean Phoenix really kind of got hosed. I mean, yeah, they did. When you look at re- look at it record wise, like they fell about as far as you can. Um, but they, they got went the number they one fell pick from, last year. Yeah, and but and they fell from what, three to up. what do they fall three to eight? Yeah. Somewhere no uh uh six seven after the Cavs. Oh, okay. Yeah. But still, I mean that's a Yeah. But they got the I mean, number equally... one pick last year and they screwed it up if you believe that Luka Doncic was the best player. So Well, I still think it's too early to call Oh, bad I draft, think it's too early, but... early to call too, but it certainly didn't look like it was DeAndre Ayton. No. It certainly didn't, but hopefully they'll he'll have a, a coach that, you know, 
they actually have some belief in. But who knows? It's it's Phoenix. It's Robert Sarver. It's yeah, a it's exactly. a cesspool. So. Yeah. So, uh, David, I, I saw you on the email chain, and you'll have to give me, I'm a little stuffed up, but uh, you were picking a top five mock draft, so do you want to go through that? Uh, well, the only person I really have is DeAndre Hunter, just because I think we remember this last podcast. Yeah, well, every single person is 6'8 and 170 pounds. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if, if they're coming into the NBA and making a difference, there's something wrong with the NBA right now. Yeah. And, like, DeAndre Hunter is a growing person. He showed up in that Final Four game, or, like, the championship game, yeah. hit a bunch of threes. He, he shot 45% from three, taking, like, six shots a game in college, and everyone's raving about John Moran and, like, Barrett and Culver. None of them hit that many threes or were even close percentage-wise. Yeah, and, you know, John Morant wasn't even in a real conference. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, R.J. Also, Barrett didn't shoot very well. Yeah. No, I I yeah, all, don't hate all, D, uh, Hunter. I just like Clark a little better. But Clark's also well. They're mocking right. I mean, so. right now they're mocking Darius Garland to the Lakers at four. Yeah. Which seems insane to me, but they have the Cavs taking Hunter at five. This is on ESPN. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, earlier. I, I, the other reason I like him is because I feel like he has like a, a very high kind of floor in the NBA like he's going to be a good defender right when he comes in yeah and he'll be able to hit some threes so he could be he could fit in with the Cavs and also like I don't know as far as guys go I kind of like guys that aren't like as flashy for especially for the Cavs because you're like well they probably won't leave they're going to try their hardest and there won't be drama like for all (laughs) like Sexton this year there wasn't really any drama around him, and he got crapped on for a huge bit of the season, and he just yeah. showed up and tried his best. No, he he seemed like an incredibly grounded and likable individual. So. Um, so you guys are down on Culver? I can't shoot. I'm his down stat- on guys that can't suck. shoot. Huh? His stats suck. That's really all I know about him because I don't watch college ball at all, but... Yeah, I'd. Re- I mean, if the choice is between Hunter and Culver, I mean, I'd much rather have. He got his team. Hunter. He got his team to the national championship game. Well, he did do that, but he's not a very good shooter. I mean, that I, that's the biggest problem. I I don't know. I'm I'm down on him. I'm not not too high on him. I wouldn't be opposed to trading down out of five. I I think there's yeah. a lot of value. I like I've said before. I don't think this draft is any better at you know. I think two through twenty is there's not a lot of difference in talent in this draft. You just want to trade down to eleven to eleven to take Brandon Clark. I'm sure I'd do that, uh, but I also think the Cavs have a lot of needs and are going to need draft picks in the future. They may not necessarily have them in the future, and draft picks help you grease the wheels for to get better players, and they give you a lot of what David Griffin and Elijah Kim call optionality. And the ability to, <laughs> you know, have options when you're making trades and that kind of thing. So I'm I'm all about rebuilding the war chest. So, so that's me, uh, David. Uh, do you have a top five? I'm sorry, not David for the draft. E.G., EG do you have a top five that you want to see? Top five? Yeah. Where yeah, the draft I think, goes? I mean, it's pretty much <clears throat> it's pretty much chalk for me. I mean, I think Pelicans will take Zion, no question. Um, I mean, they're definitely not trading him now, so 
And then, yeah, the Grizzlies, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I think it's um, it depends on what they do with Conley or what they decide they want to do with Conley. Because, yeah. I mean, I do think Jaws the best, second best player in the draft. But if they decide they want to keep Conley around, then I could see them going for Barrett instead. Yeah. But whoever, whoever, I mean, once, if, if they pass on, if they take Barrett, then the Knicks will jump on Ja for sure. And Although, I think it, a little it's bit a good depends. question because oh, Ja, I was going to say, because if, if Kyrie does go to New York, then you wouldn't need a Ja. You, then the Knicks might, <laughs> the Knicks might wind up taking a, taking a Cam Reddish, but, yeah, or trading it to trading it using it as capital to try to get a third star in if they can. Yeah, and I think but, that's um, probably a more likely scenario. But I like Hunter. I mean, I really am kind of hoping that the Lakers buy into Cam Reddish at at four. <laughs> but again, I don't think they're keeping that pick. I think they're gonna package it with some young guys and try to get try to like hell to get because what what use if they keep LeBron? What use does he have for a rookie? Of any kind, yeah. Outside of a Zion, basically. yeah. And and I'm right? wondering so, if uh, a guy, I'm wondering, I because I don't think they'll be able to get Anthony Davis. Um, I'm wondering who they could get. Well, it depends. Like you said, if if Griff, I mean Griff does have a good relationship with with the clutch guys. Yeah, and he may be the guy that comes in and says, "Look, he we can't, I can't get him to stay. We got to get the best deal we can for him." to now build around our new star, Zion Williamson. So if it winds up being, if I, if he winds up being number four and the, uh, you know, and two of those young guys and maybe another, another pick, then maybe you do make move to the Lakers. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a possibility. Certainly. I, I certainly think there's other guys out there that, you know, could probably be pried away. Um, from their teams, so we'll we'll kind of see what happens. Yeah, they'd be smart to go get Bradley Beal, but they they won't. That'd be interesting. <laughs> I think could they put together a package to get Bradley Beal? Well, I mean, the similar package. I think you could probably get him. Yeah, I think if it was top but three, it might, you might it have might a shot impede, at it. It might impede their ability to get uh, that third star, like to go sign Jimmy Butler and in free agency like they might have to do that first and then trade but mm-hmm. we'll see yeah there's a lot of possibilities um and yeah, yeah. And i don't know who the fourth pick is um i just know who i like for the Cavs at five but i'm i'm not 100 percent sold on that and i i will be excited to i mean we definitely got some draft profiles to do uh knowing who's going to be there at five or who's available at five so that's exciting uh any chance the yeah. Cavs trade up uh, who who do they trade? Like, what do they use to trade up? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Kevin Love. I mean, the Lakers might, might want Kevin Love or Jordan Clarkson back. <laughs> what about uh, what about the Knicks getting Kevin Love and and going for RJ Barrett? Mm-hmm. I think the Knicks are done with power forwards. <laughs> like Kevin Love, <laughs> like. They- they did the Kristaps experience. Didn't work out too well. I think they're like shooting for just sure things. Or at least Kyrie's a quote. Yeah. Interesting. I also don't think that um I also don't think that the the Knicks Oh jeez. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's always an adventure Crazy in David's feedback. house. Yeah. I was gonna say I also I also don't think the Knicks will um I mean they're not gonna they they definitely want to get the stars in the building because that's that's what the, that's what the Knicks are, are really only interested in. So I don't know. I, I don't know if they I don't know if they would would be that interested in in the Cavs trading up to to get that pick. I don't I don't know that they would want a Kevin Love or I mean what they might want is is uh, Jr's cap space to help <laughs> to help sign all these guys. But I don't know. I think that would have to be after some of these dominoes fall. Yeah, and I'm not sure that there's that many bad contracts left on the Knicks to make that happen. So, yeah, that's probably okay. So uh, David had to leave. Yeah, he had, his dog ran into the room and knocked over the stereo, so he had to go deal with that. This is this is the kind of uh, tough workplace environment we have here at, at Cavs the Blow. Pretty, pretty, or Cavs the Podcast. <laughs> you never know when exciting a, stuff. You never know when an animal might come in and uh, <laughs> knock over everything and ruins everything. So yeah, exactly. There was a there was a goat wandering through the studio the other day. It was just like pet sounds. <laughs> And I hear David rumbling around in the background. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. My dog, my dog was getting frisky and bumped into my stereo. But I had like everything hooked together, and it started buzzing, and I couldn't figure out why. Uh, so uh, let's talk for a minute about the other guys that are going to be there at four. Um, there's a lot of possibilities. I mean, I think we feel like the. Top three is is pretty much consensus, but there's a lot of other guys. Uh, Rui Hachimura from Gonzaga, his name's on there. Kobe White, Jarrett Culver, Darius Garland, Jackson Hicks, Cam Reddish, Nasser Little, um, you know, Keldon Johnson. Um, that I mean, that's just the guys I've read about. And then you know, I uh, I've seen a lot of you know chatter that there's going to be a lot of surprises. Um, what was it? Uh, John Javoni from Draft Express, now of ESPN Insider, was uh, was talking about uh, Culver, uh, Seku, uh, Brandon Clark going to the Wolves at nine. So there you go, EG. Um, Heat taking ball, ball. Uh, he's like, <laughs> who was the French guy that he had in like the topic? Hey. Don Bouillet or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I'm pushing for him. Seku, Seku, Seku Domboye. Yeah, he's he's my new. Uh, him and DeAndre Hunter. Who's That's the, the guy from Arizona name, State? And now I got to look this up. Who's the uh, Arizona State draft prospect? Maybe Tom knows. He wants to jump on. Yeah, he does. Give is me, Tom? Give me a is time. Tom coming? Was that Lugens Dort? That was Dort. I think Dort. Yeah, was the, Dort was the French guy. Yeah. That's a good name. Yeah, let, let's get Tom in here and hope the uh, podcast booth doesn't get too crowded with that dog. <coughs> Squeeze Tom Pestak into uh, the podcast booth here. He is all tabbed out of Rocket League to join right. us. To join us along with uh, David Wood's dog, who's in here and knocked over his stereo earlier. So uh, <laughs> it's a little crowded in here tonight, but... <laughs> <laughs> having a good time. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of guys. I mean, we're we're definitely. I'm excited about the next month of just checking out college guys and caring about college basketball and 
and going from yeah. there and getting to know and getting to know taking a beeline to uh a beeline to, to the Cavs uh, training camp. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I don't know if there's any Michigan prospects in that area in the fifth around the fifth. Oh pick. yeah, I don't think there, there should. Are. I hope. I hope so. Yeah, there should be. Nate, have you already talked about how you're salty about the new coach? Do you even read Not the yet. podcast anymore, Tom? Do you even read the blog anymore? <laughs> like, no, it literally I, I, was a four thousand word article today. <laughs> well, you I haven't see spoken that. about it on the podcast. <laughs> ah, okay. okay. No, I'm not salty. We at were all. saving that for you, Tom. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I just no, yeah. So. I don't have a strong opinion. I just love that Nate. I love when Nate has really strong opinions, even though there's really no reason to have any opinion. It's just sort of like wait and see. <laughs> the but come Clark on, so strong about something. And I oh just, yeah, I'll... and just so you know, there is a new Thad Young, and his name is Brandon Clark. He's, my new, he's he's the new rookie of the year on the brand, on the uh, uh, Thad Young All Stars, on the Rapham All Stars. So there, you yeah. Go. What if? What, oh, what and, happened oh, and to John Luer? John Luer, oh, yeah. He got hurt. Did he finish the up in year, Detroit? But he's still on Detroit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tom, Tom, you missed. Uh, Nate also declared that Zion is already a, a Hall of Famer. Oh, I think he'll be a bust. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna go die with you. On, I'm gonna die. On I don't that. know if I'm not that far, but yeah, <laughs> he's a bust, dude. Uh, Eg, you gotta be <laughs> living the high life right now, watching the Lakers be the most inept organization in the NBA, oh, and you got to watch President Stevens um, had to fall on the sword as Kyrie Irving completely wrecked the culture of that locker room. <laughs> I, I love it. I yeah. love. It. Yeah, we haven't talked about Me that, too. but Kyrie gonna Kyrie. I mean, dude, Kyrie gonna Kyrie. What and, a train dude, wreck! And I took twenty-two whoa. shots. I should have taken thirty. And woe <laughs> to all. You ever notice how, like, every other story about Kyrie mentions he's best friends with someone? By my count, half the league is best friends <laughs> with Kyrie Irving, and I'm hearing, you know, Kevin Durant, best friends. Anthony Davis, best friends. Jimmy Butler. Well, yeah, he's a terrible he's a best crazy friend person. Path. Because he's a crazy person who who they like having around because he says crazy stuff. I guess <laughs> he's the guy what, you like to get high with. Let's what just a be terrible, yeah, exactly. what a terrible teammate. And like for whatever reason, I work with a whole bunch of like people from Boston in Dayton, Ohio, and they're all like crazy I'm, I'm Boston sorry. sports fans. Oh, I know. Yeah, thank I'm you. Sorry, but the funny thing is, like you know, midway through the season, they were kind of like, man, we're not sure what's going on with Kyrie. But they still kind of felt like, oh, he's just like a superstar stud. And I was like, <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, Kyrie can make some big shots, you know, big moments. But, man, what a lazy player. And if his shot is not working, forget about him helping you in any other way. And, boy, by the end, they're all just like, get him out of here. Like, I just, you know, I want my old team back. I want scary Terry Rozier back. I want all these guys punching above their weight. And I was oh, like, did yep. you see the Rozier <laughs> quotes of I yeah. oh, nobody yeah. sacrificed yeah. more for this team than me and blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And he said, like, I might have to be out of here if there aren't changes made, which is basically saying Kyrie better be gone. But the greatest thing about it is he's a restricted free agent. So he literally has almost no say on where he's going. Well, did you see the rumor that Ty Lue turned down the Lakers offer because of the rumor that Kyrie wanted to go there and he wants nothing to do with Kyrie? That's probably (laughs) not true, but I love that. I I did not hear that rumor. I, if that's part of it, that may be part of it, but it's more—it's much more true that a 
he wasn't going to accept Jason Kidd being forced as his as his uh, replacement and waiting. And B, he wasn't going to take a three year deal that's guaranteed to expire the same time LeBron's is. And C, he wasn't going to take six million dollars a year, which is four million dollars a year less that he'd have to give up that he's getting paid by the Cavs right now. Yeah. Oh, so if he takes the offer, he can't double dip. He's got to like yeah, stop. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Why would yeah. you do that? That's and, like, and, by the way, every other coach is getting offered five years, you know, 10 million a year or whatever it is. So, I mean, he he certainly won. He's, I mean, say say what you will about Ty Lue, and we've all said plenty. He's still at least coached the team to a championship. Like, yeah. a lot of these other guys they were talking to, like Jason Kidd has, right. has he's just uh, like what's the name of the <laughs> Jason yeah. Brutus Kidd. Etu Brute. He's, he's tripped a couple. Oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> I can't wait for him to get in oh tight with the Ball family, and that just goes way wrong. Well, did you hear the whole rumor that part of uh, the frustration with uh, Luke Walton was that he wouldn't let uh, Kurt Rambis onto his staff? <laughs> oh, yeah, with good reason. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> Kurt Rambis is a cancer. Well, and his wife is like literally—he's trying to transfer basketball back to the seventies. Wait, hey, what about his wife? What now? Well, so he's, his wife is Jeannie Buss's best friend, and uh, like oh, another best friend. Everyone is not best friends. <laughs> they probably yeah, they are best friends. Oh, okay, all right, and and they're best friends, and guess who's. Kurt Rambis's best friend, Phil Jackson. Yep. That's right. <laughs> I'm right. I just told. Guess you. who's pulling all the strings right now behind the curtain? Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson. Yep. Oh, guess who? Phil? Guess who called? Guess who called LeBron and his boys a posse? A couple. Phil years. Jackson. <laughs> Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson hates LeBron. And so does Pat yeah. Riley, but Riley's too smart to say it publicly. Well, Riley. And by the way, LeBron, but he'd take it back in a heartbeat. Yeah, because well, that might be the one reason why why the 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 rumors are out there about the Lakers thinking about hey maybe we should entertain trading LeBron. Well, the other That's rumor I've heard is that from quote unquote Jack. someone very close to the Lakers organization is telling them to trade LeBron, and you just told us who it Bill was. Jackson. <laughs> well, the thing about exactly. trading LeBron is. There's like only one franchise that I would think could trade LeBron, and that's probably the Lakers because they don't actually need LeBron to sell out every game and have like rabid fans chanting MVP, even though Kobe's retired like during preseason <laughs> games. But the thing is about LeBron, I don't think LeBron's done yet, but when he's done, it's going to be like a cataclysmic fall. Like he's going to go from, you know, like one of the top three best players to mediocre you mean like, like you mean once. like going from you mean like going from eight state finals to missing the playoffs i don't know if i won't i wouldn't count them out yet i'm just saying when that decline happens it is going to be fierce and so whatever yeah. organization you know if, if you were going to trade them you got to try to guess gonna be because you could still get quite a haul for lebron i mean i'm still not oh, i was LeBron's not the best player in the league. I just think he had a bad year and he had got injured. And I've yeah. seen LeBron bounce back too many times to think he's necessarily, you know, just this is who he is from now on. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. I, I silenced all y'all. No, you did, but I'm, I'm excited that the Lakers are in such chaos. And oh, yeah, it's great. 
You know, it's really, I wish we could go, I wish I had this kind of time to go back and track all of our Kyrie talk throughout the year, because we had so many great, like, Kyrie conversations, like, early on when he was just blowing smoke up the, uh, up the Celtic skirts about how great, <laughs> yeah. how much he With loved the, Boston yeah. and how no, he was going to resign there. And, the, uh, and yeah. the Dredrick, the Dredrick Nike commercial. The Dredrick Nike oh, commercial. Oh. Remember the podcast we had about all the different versions of Kyrie, like happy Kyrie and philosophical oh, yeah. Kyrie and weird flat earth Kyrie <laughs> and woke shooting Kyrie. Very much woke. Very much woke, Kyrie. <laughs> very much woke. <laughs> when you are very much woke, that's the... Uh, and then, of course, to see Kyrie. Time to wake look, up, Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only playing on one leg, Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And but you know, you know, what, was, you know what was reason, even sweeter about... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say, you know the only reason that he totally bailed on Boston and is going for, you know, be a total mercenary this summer is because his knee held out through the whole year. So now he doesn't have to depend on Boston to give him the big contract and go get it anywhere he wants now. And so somebody's well, going to sign him to a Gilbert Arena-style deal. Oh, yes. That's he, the right you talk Oh, my God. That's that, who he is. That's, that's the who right he is. Comp. He's Gilbert Arenas. Oh, I know he's Gilbert he's Arenas. He's Gilbert Arenas. That's the right comp right there. He, he, he's Gilbert Arenas if Gilbert Arenas was he's one. Team. He is one <laughs> gun charge away in, in the locker room away from being out of the league. <laughs> Yeah, no, and the funny thing is, is you talk about when LeBron goes, it's all going to fall apart. When Kyrie oh, goes, yeah. it's going to be just, he's he's going to look like Diedrich Irving out there. I mean, yeah. It's going to be Gilbert, bad. Gilbert Arena-esque. Yeah, it and, will be Gilbert Arena-esque. We'll be seeing... Well, didn't remember Gilbert just kind of disappeared, right? Yeah. After the gun charges, and then like, yeah, he well, was really I never he, I think he's He in slid the into three, my DMs. Also, Gilbert Arenas went to China. Also, yeah, remember no. those tweets of Gilbert Arena at the carnival winning giant um, stuffed animals <laughs> with his shooting prowess? No. <laughs> Do you remember when he DM'd me on Twitter? Oh, that's right. That's right. What? Yeah. He DM'd you? Well, he had, he would like randomly hop on Twitter and say something like, like, like real hey, offensive. Like, hey, Tom, like, hey, Tom you up? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't quite like that, but he would randomly hop on and say something that you just knew like, oh, he's going to have to apologize for this one. And so one time I basically tweeted at him and said, how long before you apologize for this? And he like got in my DMs. It was like, you know, had some profane language to me and said, I ain't apologize. I was kind of like, holy crap. Wait, Tom, Tom is driving out. out. But it sounded exactly like he'd been muting, muted. <laughs> so we didn't mute him. He just got out. No. So, yeah, he, he jumped in my DMs to tell me that he would never apologize for nothing. And <laughs> I fantastic. I don't know if he just didn't know how to use Twitter or he just really wanted to make sure I knew. Because, you know, little old me with you know, 300 followers needed to know my place. But, yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, did he ask if you were looking to get the pipe? <laughs> the greatest oh, dm man. story of all time <laughs> yeah i gotta say that gilbert arena what's good for the league Kyrie is cancerous oh yeah Kyrie is everything. arenas was at least funny you know Kyrie the gun is like every ass, bad but... millennial stereotype rolled yeah. into one and he's so obnoxious and insufferable <laughs> at least arenas was kind of funny yeah you know? 
Yeah. No, Kyrie's Agent the guy Zero. that thinks he's funny when he's not remotely funny. Oh, not at all. He has no sense of humor. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, just watch Uncle Drew. You'll see that. You want to yeah. talk about the <laughs> most miserable locker room in the league next year? That's going to be Kyrie and KD. I mean, oh. just... <laughs> and I can't even imagine like an up energy guy like David Fisdale interacting with those two. It's going to be weird. Well, <laughs> Durant, I mean, so here's a question. If Durant, you know, doesn't like the fact that everyone finds him to be, uh, you know, a, a front runner, um, I, I, had, I had like four different choices of words there. I settled on front runner since this is a G-rated podcast. But anyway, um, if he, you know, if the rumor is true that he cares about that and he wants people to know that he's really the man and he can lead a team to a championship, do you think watching the Warriors without him decimate the Rockets in back-to-back games makes him more likely to stay there or less likely? I, I don't know. I think it makes his head explode. <laughs> I think, yeah, Durant's going to – I don't think he's going to the Knicks. He's going to go somewhere weird and surprise us. Like Philly or something? Well, no. Oh, oh God. Philly would be hilarious, but it would no, hilarious. I don't think I don't he goes – I that makes sense. I th- I think he goes. I don't think he goes to the Knicks though. It, there's Maybe, just too uh, much drama. Brooklyn. Brooklyn would be a fun team. That's, that, those have like the Vegas odds now, right? To land them. I, I have to say, yeah. I called Brooklyn in the beginning of the season being the most like playoff ready team ever if they got a superstar. So it would make sense if like a Durant went there, and they made the playoffs should- without a superstar. Yeah, he should he should out he should out LeBron LeBron and go back to OKC. <laughs> I would love that. I would, oh, love I would and then they should that. move back to Seattle. <laughs> oh, you can't do that to OKC fans. Yeah, sure I mean can. they did I, it to Seattle. Take Miami's team away. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other nice thing is is this ends any talk right now of the NBA moving out of New Orleans, which there was talk about that, even though. Their arena is only like three or four years old, but are they the Smoothie like the King or yeah, the Smoothie King the Center? King. Dude, you know what we need to talk about easy. You know, let, you scalp some tickets or whatever for like the greatest NBA game ever. Yeah, no, so, we haven't gotten there yet. I was well, this that is it. This is the moment. Take us through it. <laughs> All right. So my son uh, was done with. Um, school up at Washington state up in Pullman in East Washington. And I, I flew up there and then we were going to drive his car home. And we're like, I was like, well, which, you know, which route do you want to take? This is plenty of routes to take back from, from Washington state back down to Los Angeles. It's just takes, you know, three or four days, just depending on how many hours you want to drive. And we thought we'd, you know, we'd take the leisure going up. We'd gone like through California, like, through like Nevada and and Boise and all that stuff. So this time he's like, well, let's go through, let's go down through like Portland, and then we'll go down through like the the redwoods and Northern California, and it's you know stop in San Francisco, and you know maybe there'll be a, like a baseball game we could see or something like that. I'm like, yeah, sure, we'll let's, let's do that. So he had his last exam last what not not last Friday, but the the Friday before. We were driving to Portland that like right afterwards and we get to Portland like around eh, like around four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And he's like, Oh, the, the 
the Blazers and are playing tonight, like game three. And we had talked about it before, like, like, man, nah, maybe we look into it or whatever. And he's like, should we look and see if there's tickets? And I'm like, well, I'm sure they're like really expensive, like whatever. I'll check it out and stuff up and see. They had tickets in the, it was upper level, but it's still decent, decent view for like 65 bucks each. I'm like, what? 65 bucks for a playoff game? Yeah, like game. <laughs> game three, like in Portland and the, the Moda Center, like former Rose Garden. I'm like, come on, I want to go and see that. Right. So like, yeah, let's do it. So I got the tickets. We walked, walked over to the stadium from the hotel, got there a little early, went and checked out the seats. It's a really nice arena, by the way. And we go and we go and we sit down and the crowd is just nuts from the beginning. It's such a loud crowd. That building just gets really like just shakes. It gets so noisy, but it was kind of cool. Like I did this, we did this a few years ago when we had, uh, when the, it was game seven Clippers versus uh, San Antonio that one year. And it was that crazy game that Chris Paul won with like a last second shot. And we were right down on the baseline and saw that happen. It was, and it was pandemonium. This was like, that game on steroids from the beginning and it's not a game seven it's just it's just the first game in portland and it was a pretty it was a pretty good sort of back and forth game and but then it looked like denver was kind of getting it in in control it towards the second beginning of the second half and i went down and like got a got a soda came back up and portland had like come all the way back and like made this great run and then they were ahead for most of the fourth quarter, was but it was still kind of like back and forth. The crowd was like crazy into it, and it didn't even occur to us that it could maybe go to overtime until it was I think it was about a minute left, and it was like tied up yet like for like the umpteenth time in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, wow, could this could this go to overtime? Like, has there even been an overtime game in the playoffs this year? And there hadn't been, so we're like, all right, well, let's let's settle in. Meanwhile, there's all kinds of Portland fans around us that are like agonizing because they if they lose the game they go down 2-1 and you know it, it, losing on your home court like you know it's it, you lose all the momentum of stealing one in Denver and it goes to overtime and people are just freaking out and every overtime it seemed like there's one team that kind of get out in front a little bit and that was going to happen and then usually it was Portland and then Denver would just like come storming back to tie it up so it goes to the second overtime, and we knew we were like, there's something special going on here. And, and then it just, honestly, like I couldn't, you couldn't hear yourself think. And thank God I didn't have a horse in the race. Like if this had been a Cavs game, <laughs> you'd have bit playoff your nails game, off. <laughs> I, I would have, yeah, I, I might have, I'm literally, the guy in front of me, I thought was going to have a heart attack. And I thought that's, <laughs> that would be me yeah. if that wasn't, if this was the Cavs playing. Of, of, and so it goes to a third overtime. <laughs> so every so, time so, Rodney Hood shot, was he like, no, 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 yes! No. So when did <laughs> no, Harkless get Rodney hurt? Didn't become, Rodney, Rodney didn't come in until the fourth overtime, right? Like, they were just riding guys. And I'm like, I asked my son, like, how long has Jokic been playing? Jokic had played 44 minutes in the regular game. And then just kept playing. He, they never took. He never took him out, Mike Malone. And I think yeah, that was like, probably didn't he mistake. break the uh, NBA.com stats? Yeah, like because he played 60, the limit yeah. was at he 60 sixty minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he played sixty-five minutes. And, and, and CJ like McCollum played six. They never had a game a player play that many minutes in a game, and it broke the <laughs> <Yeah>. stats. <laughs> so yeah, like, so they took Harkless all over again. 
Yeah. So they took Harkless out to put Rodney in, and I'm like, oh man, this and 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 my son I've turns to me and goes, movie. He goes, so he no he my son turns to me because he for whatever reason I don't know why he loves Rodney Hood. He loved him when he was on the Cavs. He still loves him, and he's like, I, he goes, I'm telling you right now, Rodney Hood's gonna hit the game winner. He's gonna be the difference in the in the in this last <laughs> overtime. And, and I was like, like, come on, dude. son. College can't teach you everything. Legit. <laughs> Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood went off. He was the Rodney yeah. Hood you had dreamed about yeah. coming to Rodney the Cavs. We thought we were getting just just hitting clutch shot after clutch shot, and then finally they were and they were down, and he finally and he hits that three. That sort of hesitation, let yeah. the guy fly by, hits that three to yeah, put the them up two. Three. It was crazy, and so then. They come back down, and I told him, I said, "You watch, Jokic is going to get Jokic is either going to get a, get a hoop or he's going to get fouled and go to the line." And sure enough, he got fouled, went to the line, but you could see just how tired he was, and, and the, the entire so everyone's like like you know cheering whatever to try to get him to miss, and he and he, I felt so bad, I felt so bad for him because he he missed that first one. You could just see his shoulders slump, and the place went absolutely berserk. I'd never heard a place as loud as when when uh, Jokic missed that free throw. So then he hit the then he hit the second one. But we were one free throw away from being from NBA absolute NBA history, which would Five have been a f- fifth overtime. I mean, we were we didn't have a like I said we didn't have a dog in the fight, but we were hoarse walking out of that building because it was just you couldn't help but yell at every play at both teams. We were just at one point. We're just rooting for more overtimes, and the people around us are like, "What's wrong with you? Yeah. We want the Blazers to win." I'm like, "I want the Blazers to win too, but I want them to win in the fifth overtime." Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "You're you're an insane person." So, well, oh man, and, and it's it was crazy just, because as bad as the first round of the playoffs were, the second round of the playoffs were phenomenal. Yeah, they were. I mean, my God. Aside from, but that, walking out of that, walking out of that building, the way that the Moda Center is set up, they have this whole like area outside kind of like between the the queue and the and and the the progressive field in, in cleveland but like it was absolutely this sort of sea of people all just like losing their minds after that game yeah oh i can, so you can tell oh, like that had to be one of the coolest experiences ever for yeah if you're a fan of that team well it's the best hundred and what 130 bucks i've ever spent yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I didn't even mean it as much for you because, yeah, that's a phenomenal experience. But for all those fans, I mean, that's awesome oh, yeah. as well. I mean, well, the that, fact that they wound up pulling it out in that yeah. last game in Denver too, like, like that's yeah, that was what, what, what a huge victory for that franchise. Yeah, CJ McCollum I'm really with the LeBron s chase down block in dude. In CJ McCollum was completely and utterly en fuego in that entire game. Yeah, like, like he was like. Good Lou Williams, good. <laughs> like where you know who, and you Except know good, he played good Lou Williams. <laughs> good Lou yeah. Williams is is no. I mean, he's on the same tier with good LeBron, good Kevin Durant. I mean, just where no one's going to stop this guy, and that's how McCollum looked that whole game. Like he could just could not be stopped. I was I was blown away, yeah. and the d- degree of difficulty on some of his shots were outrageous. It's not like he just okay, you know. Like you look like a guy like Giannis, like, and I think Giannis is just incredible, and I love the guy. He's probably my favorite player in the league right now. That's a non-cav, but like Giannis puts himself in positions where he gets easy baskets, and McCollum just, oh my gosh, 
He's he got a very just, herky jerky game. He was just taking like the toughest yeah. shots. Yeah. Uh, it, if if Giannis is your favorite non-Kev, uh, Giannis or uh, McCollum's probably mine. Yeah, we. I know. I wish we had him, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Glenno, He's fun baby. to watch. He 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 went off in that in that game we saw too. He had forty one points, although it did take him like forty shots to get it. <laughs> yeah, that was a long game. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, you know, you get to that second overtime. Maybe you give guys a rest, or I think the other series of or uh, school of thought on that is if you rest those guys at the, that point, they're so tired they're going to tighten up. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, may, and maybe well, that's they run what it so is. much. Denver runs so much of their offense through Jokic. They were. Yeah. It, you, it just seemed like like Malone was afraid to take him out, and that really came back to bite him. I think because he 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 looked like he could barely run up and down the floor by the the third overtime. Yeah, and and speaking of Denver, uh, their draft pick last year, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that hurt his back. Oh, Mikael Junior. Porter, no Porter, yeah Porter, Porter might be rookie of the year next year. He's uh, supposedly going to play in summer league. Ooh, is this going to oh, be like nice. another um, uh, what's his name that did that? Nate, Nate, well, how deep. can how can he be? Oh how yeah, can he be rookie of the year. How can he be rookie of the year? I was thinking of Blake. When future when future Hall of Famer Zion Williamson is in the league. Oh, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about oh, that. Yeah. Well, wait, I thought you were going to say Zion. They won't give Zion both Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same season. Come on. Well, and elect him to the Hall of Fame. That's true. <laughs> they, they could get it most improved, though. <laughs> Carve so, the bus now. Where's the statue? That's at uh, Nate's house. Dude, I, I'm old enough to remember when O.J. Mayo was the next LeBron. No, O.J. Mayo how was never the next anything. Oh, there were people saying that. <laughs> OJ, OJ, O.J. Mayo just hit. he went to the wrong teams. OJ banned for life from the NBA Miller. Or May what? Yeah, he was banned for life from the NBA. For, for, for drugs. Oh. Oh, for smoking too much weed. No, I don't think it was weed. I think it was more serious infractions. Was it like um was it like steroids and stuff? I don't remember like what it was. Enhanced? Now I gotta look this up. Talk amongst yourselves. If you do if you, you know we should ask Pablo as for story, I'm sure he'll give us uh Accurate assessment <laughs> of what happened with no, real, sure with real numbers and I think OJ Mayo is probably broke now too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably declared yeah, bankruptcy. He still has that USC money. No, um, he was dismissed <laughs> from the NBA. 2011 steroids. 2000. Uh, he was dismissed from the NBA for multiple That's violations sure. of the league's anti-drug program. He's now a member of the 80%. Oh. Sorry, Tom. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep, the 80%. <laughs> what is his net worth? Here's it. He has a net Zero. worth of $5 million, according to CelebrityNetWorth.com. <laughs> oh, well, can you, you know can what? Can you look, up the, Even look if, up the net worth of Larry Sanders? What's he up to? <laughs> Even if that was CelebrityNetWorth.net, I would still trust it more <laughs> Larry than Pablo Escort. Okay, I got to look it up. Oh, this is a good segue to my Pablo Estori moment. Larry Sanders, is, didn't we have him for a New York minute? No. That oh, yeah. yeah. He, he would have been. Yeah. Did he they? could have been the best Cavs oh, since right. Ben Wallace. Yeah. They played Larry a game Sanders' net worth is $12 million. Yeah, and then they to... just, like, released him. But he released, like, a big, long thing saying he really appreciated the opportunity. And it was like, dude, like, you were here for, like, one game. What did you do <laughs> wrong? <laughs> yeah. He's just No, funny. he's all about he, – 
he's all, all about doing finger painting and stuff. He's all about <laughs> art now, I think. Yeah, finger he's worth twelve million according to celebritynetworth.com. So who is pop, Larry Larry Sanders? Wow. Also, this wow. is the greatest got, website I've ju- never heard of ever. <laughs> he's what? got just enough money that people will tell him his finger painting's great. Yeah, well. He can go buy uh Darius Miles's um 170k karaoke collection. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> what? I love how you say, yeah, like I'm supposed to know what you're talking about. Like that that's common the, knowledge. That was the impetus for my piece where how I went it? off on okay, Tori, I'm, where I started by Tom, I started by Tom, reading Tom. Uh, reading the this thing about Darius Miles, like estate sale where he's auctioning off all of his stuff including <laughs> almost two hundred thousand dollars in karaoke equipment that's so at, first, at first i was like what does a two hundred thousand dollar karaoke setup look like my second thought is really darius miles like i wouldn't have pegged him for a guy singing closing time at the top of his lungs <laughs> like in his you know in the in, a, in his labyrinth house and then the article which was just in a local newspaper in like st louis referenced the Tory article about, you know, 80% players are broke within five years. And then it just dawned on me that like, that's such an absurd number. It can't be true. And then of course I realized that was totally not true at all. It's more like 6%, but you know, whatever. Tom, you beat Pablo Tory. We get it. We're going to make up a t-shirt with his IV Pablo Torre. Tom yeah. Pestak one, Pablo Torre zero. <laughs> zero. Yeah. That's right. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Nice. Uh, well-timed. 80, 80%. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait, that's wait, you missed 80% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> that yep. is absolutely true. <laughs> oh my god. On a side note, do you guys, any of you guys get the ESPN detail thing that Kobe does? Yeah, I see it, and I no. decide I will never click on that. <laughs> You've never clicked on it. Uh, you, have to, oh, I mean, you have to pay for it. I'll click on a shady ad for a Russian bride before I'll click on <laughs> detail, the mind of Kobe Bryant. <laughs> all right, all right, just making sure. Here, basketball. Here's what I think about Kobe. <laughs> so, so here's my Pablo Tory moment. Uh, and I tweeted you this, or I IM'd you this the other day, Tom, and you never responded to it. And yeah, it just drove me insane that you did. I've been, I've been busy. I'm sorry. I know. So this was USA Today posted a story that the average adult in the USA spends $1,497 a month on non-essential items. All told, that's roughly $18,000 a year on things we can all do without. So the reason this story <clears throat> is BS is you look at it and it is uh, commissioned by Ladder and Ladder.com and conducted by one poll. And they don't tell you who the people they actually interviewed are or they, you know, uh, surveyed were. So this could be people with a median income of half a million dollars. You know, that I know I'm very sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Well, I'm going to say, I know I'm very poor, like compared to everyone here, but that is a lot, like that's a decent chunk of discretionary income. <laughs> yeah. well, like to blow on stuff you don't need. Like if I had that much money to blow on stuff I didn't need, I'd be doing some crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, okay. So they break it down as $200, <laughs> $209 in restaurants, 
$189 in drinks. I'm assuming including coffee and adult beverages because they have a coffee icon on it. They have $178 in takeout and delivery, $174 in buying lunch, $109 in impulse what? purchases with a picture of a t-shirt next about? to it. <laughs> Love the thread. The t-shirt economy is strong. <laughs> so, <laughs> Especially in Ohio. $96 on oh. ride shares. This is the best. $94 on personal grooming. I mean, oh, they might, must not have interviewed very many men because how many men do you know that spend more than $20 a month on a haircut? I don't know, but speaking of Russian bride ads, and ads <laughs> I started noticing about two weeks ago are some hip company called Manscape, and it took me about thirty <laughs> seconds to figure out great what. One. Oh, that's selling. personal grooming for you. Maybe that's yeah. ninety-five dollars. Okay, yeah. no, here's another I, one. I, I felt, I'm um, done. I'm living in America. I can't. I can't do it anymore. Ninety-four dollars on awesome. subscription boxes. So have you seen all these goofy men's subscription bespoke posts? They send you some menswear product of the month for like $50, but it really has a retail value of 120 Oh, that's how you get the fluffy blouse. The what? The, the, fluff, the puffy shirt. The puffy shirt. <laughs> yeah, like you get a t-shirt valued at $120. Yeah, yeah like, so, who, you're right. Who did they serve it? Because like most yeah, of the stuff so you're ridiculous. saying... I do not spend money on these things. Like, this is such a statistics fail. Like, people don't oh my understand God. how averages work. <laughs> the like, old, you have one... Guys, the old Warriors are back. <laughs> yeah, Who's Portland's old, only down Are the eight. Warriors winning? Yeah, by, I mean, by 11, but it's just the old Warriors of, like, grabbing and jerseys. just steal, grabbing jerseys and, like, and just knocking down ridiculous threes are back. Yep, and Iguodala hitting all these threes. I know that's my yeah. least my least favorite Warriors. And and of by the way, Damian Lillard erect, isn't even putting his hand up. We should erect a statue to Steve Kerr for putting Festus Azili in the game because <laughs> other than that, like sequence, I mean, hey, you are forgetting the greatest double agent in sports history. The guy so uh, deep Andy undercover, Andy Verge, he for, he refused to take a championship ring. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how deep undercover. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, never hashtag never trade Andy. Hashtag never trade Andy. But I mean, LeBron went you know next level Game of Thrones on him and yeah. and sent the double agent to uh, to win that championship for the Cavs. Kyrie hit a tough shot amidst the sea of other very questionable decisions in the late <laughs> game. <laughs> and only Jeff Van Gundy, <laughs> hilariously, Jeff Van Gundy, game seven, one minute left, Cleveland about to erase a 52-year curse. And here's Jeff, Jeff Van Gundy calmly saying, what's Kyrie Irving doing there? <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and it's so funny because for all the, for all the horrible Jeff Van Gundy, I'm going to bitch about the officiating moments. He was absolutely right on that one. Like Kyrie oh, yeah. was just wandering around aimlessly with the ball. Idiot, idiot. I know. <laughs> yeah, just like lucky we didn't get screwed there. It, it's yeah. just funny. Like it, how it's that the most that's the most Cleveland way to win it though. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with your Dante Jones and Mo Williams moments. Oh my gosh, Dante Jones! Yeah, yeah. Mo Williams got that. He picked up that foul. NBA, NBA champion Dante punched Jones. Him. Yeah. He, he punched him in the nards, right? Was <laughs> yeah. that the same season? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was uh, earlier in the series. Toronto guy. What's his name? By the way, 
does anyone the guy who's in uh, Orlando now? Did Anna? Did Anna Horford? Oh, Bismack. Any? Uh, yeah. Did Anna Horford cuss out any Milwaukee fans? Does anyone know? No, but we got the greatest uh, Paul Pierce moment ever. Oh, oh my God, I love that moment. I was, I was going to say that earlier. Yeah, that <laughs> was he said after even the better game than one loss. that was even better than than President Stevens. Just, I mean, I, I you could inject that President Stevens press conference into my veins, but like <laughs> Paul Pierce, oh, the first Paul Pierce, oh, man. saying <laughs> after game one, image for this podcast, eg injecting himself. <laughs> With a syringe. It's just Brad Stevens with the, this guy face. This that guy. would be some superior Who wants show. it in my veins? This guy. <laughs> but seriously, that was as as amazing as that was. An even sweeter moment was Paul Pierce sitting up there saying, Oh, this series is over. I don't, I don't know, know what how you Milwaukee come back from this. Can do now. <laughs> I don't know how you come back from this. Oh, how about just sweep the rest of the series? And then he had to eat crow in front of uh, whatever yeah. that B team on ESPN is with the Michelle Beadle leads oh, with like oh, oh, former yeah. Pistons and yeah, weird stuff. Is, but like yeah. sitting there like, having to just take it. <laughs> that is like generic cornflakes on television. Bad, like really bad. Uh, the, TV. the greatest part yeah. about that whole series is you were talking about earlier about like the microcosm of the season and how like midway through the season, Boston fans are like, oh, I don't. This Kyrie guy's a little weird sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But it yeah. literally was three games. It took three games for the whole ter- town to turn on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, they had already Boston lost before game five started. <laughs> yep. That's, but oh, you could. Tell. I mean, he was, has a team ever had a gentleman sweep that was a reverse gentleman sweep? It, I I think there were like three. <laughs> yeah, it's a reverse gentleman sweep. Yeah, I think there were three. Somebody tweeted it a, a week or so ago. Uh, but I'd I'd have to go back and look. But yeah, that's a fantastic stat. Like, who's ever lost the first game and gone on to win the and next four? four straight? Especially the home yeah. team losing the first game. I'm, I'm, also, uh, I'm also equally happy for the Raptors because for as yeah. much psychological damage as LeBron and the Cavs sure. did to them over yeah. the last four years, that, that last shot from Kawhi was cathartic. Unbelievable. It was like the reverse of the LeBron no. shot in Chicago in game, whatever oh. game that was, game five of the second round in 2015 when yep. he just went to the corner when and Tyron just locked it up. Saved David Blatt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But and LeBron the fact that it the bounced play. like a, yeah. that it bounced like a plinko ball in the rim for like five times before finally dropping yeah. through the net. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the I've best never part about it was how horrible the Chicago defense was on that play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That Kawhi well, shot. I was telling Nate, like I just felt good. For, I felt good for Toronto. Good for them. Yeah, but that shot was like a you only see that in like your neighbor's driveway, like with a dead rim. Yeah, like I've never seen a ball hit the rim at from that deep with that trajectory, yeah. not graze the backboard or anything and just hit the rim like three more times and go in like that was wild. That was wild. And <laughs> I mean, I don't like Philly. I don't like a lot of the guys on that team. Um, but I actually was kind of impressed with how much, <laughs> is that good, David? <laughs> what? Whatever David's you're eating. Ke- David's Whatever you're ke- eating. David's keto diet. 
Oh, no, no. I was scratching my head. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's not even like eating. With a, like, I wish I was eating. With a newspaper? With a newspaper or a bag of Cheetos? <laughs> no, I'm a very that hairy is, person. That, is, that <laughs> sounds like an animal being scratched. That's definitely a Cheeto bag scratching right there. <laughs> so, yeah, I was I was happy. I, I don't like them, but Joel Embiid crying was... Actually, I, I liked that he cared that much. Yeah, So me too. But also, I mean, you couldn't play better defense. Well, I mean, I guess you could. I guess you could block the shot. But yeah, well, I mean, good play. yeah, that was that was a heck of a heck of a shot. And yeah. it's so funny because. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say we'll finish what you're saying, but this leads me to my hot take about Houston. Oh, good. Okay. I wanna... So yeah, I'll finish up. Um, yeah, they were. That team was terrified anybody else shooting except Kawhi. Like, he had to take 39 shots because everybody else on that team was playing hot potato that game. Yeah. I don't know why Kyle Lowry does this. Like, it's like he's got a switch. And if it's flipped on, he's unstoppable. And if it's flipped off, he wants to play hot potato. Like, it's like he's scared of basketball. <laughs> he's got, he must have some loose in his head. I don't Speaking know. Speaking of be a Chris Paul. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Him too. David? All right, so here goes. James Harden is not a uh, top-tier player in the NBA because Ooh, so he would have taken out the Golden State Warriors. He would have taken out the Golden State Warriors without Kevin Durant. And, like, I'm not – I didn't even watch – I watched a little bit of the game. But here's the thing. If you're James Harden and you're this good and you deserve to be the MVP in the NBA, which is the top league in the world, it must be noted – you got to beat the Golden State Warriors without. That's all there is to it. So my counter to your hot take is the Warriors won a championship and then won seventy three games before they added Durant. They're just that good, and Durant doesn't make them that much. Yeah, but no, 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 he does though. But check this: when they won seventy three games, the Cavs took them down, and when they won the previous season, the Cavs were without Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. What have the Warriors done without Kevin Durant? They won a championship without him, and they won seventy three games. Yeah, I guess. And yeah, they, but they lost this season. The only time in like six years they've lost two games at home in a playoff series was against the Cavs. And that's, then the, that's a cool story. And then, and then the Clippers this year. It's only yeah, happened. That twice. Was gonna, I was just that's about a cool to say story. The Clippers, but it's only happened twice in like five years. They're just that's ridiculous. Fine, but do they? Beat the Cavs if Kevin if Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving are healthy. I don't. I actually don't think so. No, I I don't. I don't think, what think so. Think, think so they beat the Cavs. They don't Kyrie Irving. They didn't beat the Cavs the year. No, he's saying in 2015. No, I'm saying in 2015. If Kyrie doesn't get hurt at the end of Game One, do they win that series? No. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. But yeah, that's that's what I'm saying also. But you know, EG's been on this train for years now. Houston is a regular season team, and when yep. they're flopping antics, they, it actually hurts them. They flop so much in the regular season because oh, I'm not, yeah. because then you got Daryl Morey sending manifestos <laughs> to the league about how he's not getting calls, and they cost us eighteen point six points, and, yeah, uh, or whatever number it was. Like, yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. They flop for the refs so much that the refs don't give them the benefit of the calls, doubt on the calls down the stretch. He's the golden turd, just as EG's. And James Harden is James Harden's just not 
on a top tier player. And they're That's all mentally there is to weak. It. They went into that game thinking <laughs> they had it won already. Like they didn't have to show up and the pressure was up. You know the pressure was off them. They felt like the pressure was off because Chris Paul was playing good. That's how you know they thought the pressure was off. <laughs> no. <laughs> because Chris Paul was a dog in that series before that game. Look, it, the 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 fact that Houston had to, the the fact that Houston gave major minutes to Iman Shumpert, oh and yeah, let him shoot and let him shoot threes. Yep, it was a kiss of death. Oh my kiss god, of yep. death. <laughs> Iman Shumpert was so like classic Iman Shumpert. Like I think it was uh, Van Gundy was like, boy, it doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but a guy like Iman Shumpert just does so many little things, and he yeah. did, and then he turned <laughs> the ball over, and then he would just do, yep. like, it was brilliant play followed by mind-numbing play over and over. <laughs> it was everything we've come to love about Iman Kama, oh, as I call him. Iman strips on bigs when they're in the, trying to post up were amazing. I have to they give him were, that. But it was yeah, like that was like only the move. one thing he was really good at. Yeah, he yeah. jumped them, jumped them. As Fred <laughs> McCarthy said, he jumped them, jumped them in the shower. Yeah, also the greatest also, Urban Dictionary how, lookup ever. How crazy <laughs> is Austin Carr going to get over the next couple of years if the Cavs don't get good? I hope, I hope that he it doesn't because I hope they replace him. Nope. Uh I don't know if they replace him. He's one of the most entertaining parts of the Cavs games. Oh, come on, Stop David. it. He's one of the most annoying parts of the Cavs game. Like, I know. The, literally the, turn here, him off. The thing. I turn him off and, and listen to the guys on the radio. At least Jim the Jones knows what he's shot talking about. It's one of the most effective shots in the game, guys. Yeah, Jim Jones is good. David, you can go see your <laughs> senile uncle once a week. You cannot go see your scene uncle, aisle uncle three to four times a week. It will just make you nuts. It just, that's well, the way it is. They need to let him visit occasionally so kids growing up can understand that the mid range game yeah, once he needs, was a thing. Here's what thing. needs to happen either Fratello or Channing Fry needs to come in or both. to the booth and then. He needs to take the Fratello. I'm going to come every other week for sit in for a half. He needs to do that. That that needs to be his role. That, going that would be fun. That would be fine. And he could save up all his hot takes. <laughs> you know, write them down on his little notepads on his on his fridge, and and <laughs> <bring him> in. <laughs> burst on, those pipes and on his china closet. He could write them down on the notepad. Throw in the hammer. Closet. He's got to throw the hammer down. He always like he always says it's a bull in a china closet. Which doesn't even make yeah. any sense. <laughs> yeah, he he can put little birds on his on his notepad, so he say he got himself <laughs> right. a bird. Got himself a bird. <laughs> Does anybody know what a bird? Hey, AC, on the I see you is? got yourself a bird. That would be great. Say, I see, I see you got yourself a bird there, AC. And he's got you cut to him. He's got like a parrot on his shoulder, like the oh, cat's that's who AC is now. Like he's just this, he's just sort of this elderly pirate now. <laughs> whoever, whoever's the director of Cavs Media Relations needs to do that. But that's I, way too intelligent. That's I, too yeah. spot there. Too well, good. Now you got a head coach that's older than him, I think. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe let's give. Let's we give haven't the even hot gotten into that. We hey, didn't even get into John like, Beeline. Who, who sued the Cavs last year for ageism? And <laughs> Jim Boylan. <laughs> oh, guy. Well, that was my boy. It, I, the, I Jim tweeted Boylan. that like he's. It's actually going to happen. It, it goes to trial and in, in or it's being heard in like three days, I think. No way. Which is kind of ironic. Ironic timing. 
that yeah. they decided to hire a 66-year-old coach the same week that they're about to be taken to court by the 64-year-old guy that, that with his age, Asian d- d- discrimination. Are you, so. And he used to come not do anything, so he can come testify. Jim Boylan yeah. used to come into my work all the time. <laughs> and really? like The week that that stuff happened, I was like stoked. I was like, I'm going to ask him about the draft. <laughs> and then he got canned. And I was like, uh... darn it. And well, he's I thought just you looking. Stuck to ask him about it. I was <laughs> no, like, no, man, what's no. wrong? With you? That's a weird thing to be excited to ask a guy. Hey, no, no, I, I didn't go up to him. He, he was super grumpy, and <laughs> also, shockingly, the, the, always looked grumpy. The amount of people that recognize him, I, I feel like I was probably one of five people in the entire <laughs> area I was working that recognized him, and they're like, "Why are you like trying to talk to that guy?" Oh my god. So me and my buddy Eric, yeah. uh, we had like nicknames whenever anybody would come on for the halftime interview, and there was the guy that went and played for the Knicks, the real young guy who looked like uh, you remember. God, I'm it's gonna drive me nuts, but he was a real young guy and he looked like uh, the guy from Silicon Valley, the real awkward dude, uh, his best friend. I can't remember. Was it he was Chris also Gent? in the office. Yeah, was it Chris Gent? No, it wasn't Chris Gent. Uh, but now this is going to drive me nuts. But anytime, anytime he would come on, we would just go cocaine. <laughs> like yell that. But anytime uh, Boylan would come on, he just looked like he did. He looked, he reminded us of on the office when um, Andy, the temp uh, gets hooked. On wait, 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 wait. Andy's not the temp. Which one's the temp? Ryan, 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 so bad. But anytime, anyway, anytime Boylan was on, we would just go booze and we would just be like, he's just, you know, he's just going home with a fifth of brown liquor on the way home. And that's his evening. We were brutal. We, we, we had nicknames for everybody. Uh, well, you know, Steph Curry Curry has 31. Steph Curry is 31 of Golden State's 73 points right now About with about three minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah, note to self. What's don't make fun Curry of Curry have? when he blows a dunk because apparently his retribution will be fierce. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, he said yeah, he can like can he we talk about ago. how me and Nate called this? Called what? Golden we State's going to beat? No, we, we called the, the Steph Curry missing the dunk because we talked about the tallest player in the NBA that oh, can't yeah. dunk anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, we talked about Steph Curry, and then it happened. Yeah, yeah. I Is Delhi the tallest after. player that can dunk? I thought that podcast was after that, David. No, no, it was no, it was before. before. Oh, it was. was. Oh, that's awesome. It was pressing. Yeah, I'm so yeah. old. Send me to Shady Ray, Acres. Ray, Ray but you're not. You're not Let's... beeline old. Who is? <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah. I kind of gathered up that whole email thread from today and made it a post and it's one epic. of my it's like a 5000 word post yeah it was like a 5000 word post but one of my takes was that i hate all baby boomers and we should just ship them all to shady acres and, <laughs> and so and now i'm here can't get anybody's name right so i should probably go with them so is shady acres in florida i'd hope no i it's a made up name for a retirement home oh well it would be, be good for 3 <laughs> Yeah. So, Beeline, anybody got any any hot takes? I know I'm on the phone with three, well, I'll say two pro Beeline guys and one. (laughs) Steph Curry Curry just did the 
behind the back, but out of bounds again. Oh, <laughs> oh that'll never get old. Never, <laughs> ever. That was the like a mirror image. Oh my god, that was now amazing. Now he seems to chuck his mouth guard. I, uh, I, wait, am I following <laughs> in the pro B-line group? I'm, are you pro B-line? I'm pro B-line. I'm, oh no, I'm just, Coach, my they have to hire a he, he's a coach. They have to hire a coach. So why not him? The team's young. He can coach him up. Once they get confident enough, they'll just replace him. Because none of the guys on our team are that great at basic NBA skills that we need to worry about John Beeline having some crazy advanced knowledge of the NBA. Like, he just <laughs> needs to get guys to keep their hips. Like, don't open your hips when guys are driving on you. Like, dribble with your head up. <laughs> Look for the man that's got a better oh, shot than you. Okay, I'm ready, guys. You ready to cut me loose here? Oh, what, you got? Oh, you ready to rant? Or are you no, ready? it's not really a rant. It's actually just a funny story. Okay, so before so, we go on that, you know, uh, eg, you're pro beeline. What's your take on beeline, Tom? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily pro beeline. I'm I'm just not anti beeline. I'm fine with it. Okay, no, yeah, I, I like think that. that's fair. <laughs> Uh, You're anti our scalding anti beeline hot takes. Yeah. I'm anti being salty. I'm, I'm anti being I'm anti being salty about an an older college coach being hired as a as a coach of a of a developmentally um slowly advancing Cavs team. That's all. A developmentally delayed Cavs team. <laughs> I I have a I have a good link in for this too first before Tom goes. Well, I was just gonna say I'm glad that when I read the name, I was like, who's that? And then I read, oh, it's Michigan's coach. I'm glad that it wasn't like a name hire, like a splashy hire. Like, I'm glad they didn't hire like Jason Kidd or someone like oh, that. Dear God. Oh, yeah. God. Thank, thank God. Yes. They or like Mark someone. Jackson. Yes. They hired someone. <laughs> Mama, yeah. There goes that man. They hired someone <laughs> to be a good coach. I mean, it's kind of like the David Blatt hire. I liked that hire, too. It didn't work out. But, you know, I like the idea that you're going to just hire someone that you know, can coach, not necessarily like, oh, you know, he can speak to the players because he played in the league. It's like, okay, I think that's a little overrated and um, other people that, that just have a big name. Yeah. So what do you think of the of that. rumor that they want uh, Bickerstaff, uh, not Bernie, but his kids, uh, or is it I JB. JB Bickerstaff JB. to be the, his top assistant? What do you think of that? I'm actually fine with it. It actually Whatever. would be good to have a top assistant that has been a head coach that isn't Mike Brown or uh, oh, who's the other guy? God, who's Grumpy? Remember Grumpy? God, I'm so bad with names yeah. today. Who <laughs> was the guy, the Cavs coach that had his arms crossed all the time? Byron Scott. <laughs> the, the professional oh, golfer. Byron Scott's name? You do need He's a golfer. I need to get some sleep, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh wow! Yeah. I forgot this is the curry. I forgot this is the cur- all curry series. Yeah, yeah. curry v curry. Yeah. Here, here's the thing with the the B line thing. It's not too smart of a coaching hire, and that's totally fine. The Cavs aren't like going to outsmart themselves with this. Yeah, he's not a home run, but he's not the worst guy they could get. That's true. That's cool. I'd be totally happy if the Cavs were perpetually a five to eight seed for like ten years. <laughs> wow, like the 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 Hawks of the aughts, basically. Yeah, 
The Hawks uh, of this, the Ots. This, nice. this, this also goes into, like, this goes into wrestling, too. Because there's... <laughs> Wait, so what? One, yeah, this relates to wrestling. Just bear with me here. Like, so there's one... Or like... Yes. It okay. relates to wrestling, but we don't relate to wrestling. Yes. Oh, you're going to have to <laughs> all right. go real slow here, dude. All right, I'm going slow. I'm going slow. So, all right, one of the feuds of... One of the one of the feuds of wrestling is this dude Kofi Kingston, who's like cool. He throws pancakes to the crowd. He shills memorabilia and like shills T-shirts. He's got cool merchandise and stuff. And then there's this turd Daniel Bryan, who's like been in WWE forever, but his like persona right now is like, oh, I'm like this super liberal dude who knows best. Like this Kofi Kingston dude shilling to people and trying to get people to buy stuff sucks. You know what? Like everyone hates the Daniel Bryan character. Because he's just a turd. No one wants to be told like what's best for him. That's they just right. want Kyrie Irving, basically. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and people just want someone that's going to be all like, right. "All right, dude, like this Who's is what's this happening." Pancake guy. I need to buy some of his merchandise. <laughs> I like him. The already. pancake guy is 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 John Beeline. That's who the pancake guy is. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a T-shirt? <laughs> so, but anyways. They, no uh, John Beeline's no, Pancake House. Make it a Beeline for pancakes. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, and no Petch wants- is, the pancakes have honey on them because honey comes from bees. What's up now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but nobody wants to be told how smart a coaching hire is. You know? I agree. Yeah. Like, yeah. I. I would have loved to have Becky Hammond, but it would have turned into this whole thing where it's like, oh, the Cavs are so smart for hiring Becky Hammond. Yeah. Or like the um Etoro, who Etoro Messini. I can't I can't say his name. Ettore you know Messina. Him? How do I know yeah. that? And you yeah, how do you know that, Colin? You even like pronounced it right. <laughs> yeah. Well no one wants to be told how smart a pick is. People just want to know that we have a coach that has coached stuff before. Probably so so he's the Joe Biden of uh, NBA coaches, is what you're David, telling me. You're my favorite millennial. Like <laughs> I wouldn't vote. I would not vote for Joe Biden. So sure. Oh man, not even love you more. Wait, you say you would not, or you wouldn't not vote for? Joe I Biden? would not vote for him. So <laughs> double negative. Okay. Class there you Cleveland. go. Okay. Yep. Okay. A- any. Any follow-up on this eg <laughs> i will say this segment by the way david that was <laughs> i will say i i think this guy will get the most out of kevin love if he stays healthy and doesn't get traded that any coach has gotten and if this means the end of mike longabardi in cleveland oh halla oh. freaking luya or, that or would be just, worth it that would they, be worth the hire alone right they gotta get rid of if beeline decides to keep longabardi for some reason i hope he gets fired immediately <laughs> they gotta get rid of the limbo contest for the coaches that's the only reason he's hanging around <laughs> somewhere there is a Ray Liotta fan club that needs its president back. <laughs> okay, Tom, Tom, give us give us your best. Okay, well, I thought of this. I, I was thinking about this on the drive home. I was thinking about this while I was cutting my grass tonight. I almost wrote down, like, bullet points that I made sure I had them for this podcast. And then what I forgot. What type of mower did you use? Uh, Troy built... Um, Sit down riding lawnmower that I inherited when I bought this new house. But anyway, I was so stoked <laughs> to tell this story, and then I forgot about it. And lo and behold, 
when David was talking about, they just seen a coach that can be like, don't open your hips and like dribble with your head up. I thought of my story again. So I'm really excited to tell you guys this. So my oldest daughter um, is playing softball and tonight was her first practice. And so it's just a rec, like a city rec league. It's co-ed. And, you know, so we started getting like a bunch of text messages the last couple of days from presumably like the coach about, uh, you know, where the practices were going to be. And there's like six practices in five days, which I'm like, this is a little bit obscene, but they don't have the schedule yet. And then two different coaches texted us telling us to be on different fields. So I was like, uh, did we somehow get put on two teams? So we had to sort that out a little bit of dysfunction there. So anyway, the coach sends an email basically saying, hi, I'm the coach, you know, my wife's going to help out and, Here's what we're doing, and I could use some assistant coaches, so kind of let me know if you can help. So I never emailed this guy back, but I thought, okay, I'll just show up at the first practice and tell him, like, hey, I'm, I could help you out if you need, you know, whatever. So I get there, and I don't want to use the guy's real name, not that he's, like, a podcast listener or anything, but I'll just call him Phil, which isn't his real name. Actually, it is his real name. So Phil, right? You know, he seems like a real nice guy. Shake hands with him. And Phil I was like, Jackson? Hey. Right. Yeah. So I say, <laughs> <laughs> say, <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> so anyway, I meet this guy, shake his hand. Everything seems fine. And then I'm ready to warm up my daughter. So I was like, hey, Phil, you know, you got any balls? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. So he's got like 10 balls. Well, they're all like adult softballs. Like you know rock hard and this is like six and seven year olds so i'm waiting to get one of those riff balls that's basically like a tennis ball and i'm like oh okay and i'm thinking geez i hope like my daughter doesn't get hit in the face with this or we're gonna be like we're gonna have some tears and who knows going to the hospital like this is pretty dangerous but i didn't think anything of it so then you know a couple more people show up a couple boys a couple girls probably got about five or six people and um, there's another coach kind of on the other side of the field and there's like 30 kids with that coach. And I was kind of like, this seems kind of strange. Like why are so many kids with the one coach, but not this coach. So anyway, coach Phil takes us over um, into the tall grass that hasn't been mowed in like two weeks and says, all right, everyone, you know, welcome. You know, we're, we're Wednesday or we're, uh, you know, we're R8 whatever that means softball and welcome back anyone who played last year and anyone that's new thanks for being here and he goes you can call me phil or you can call me coach or you can call me dude or you can call me hey man or you can call me really whatever you want and i was just sort of like these are like six-year-olds like who who tells six-year-olds like you can call me like any of these nine things like it's kind of just confusing and not really respectful to adults but like it's kind of weird but whatever so then he he gets all these kids and he puts them in different places on the field and then he he i mean it looks like he's gonna do like situational grounders to them and he's gonna like toss them the ball and just see what happens and i'm i'm kind of like is he gonna he's gonna talk about you know this is what we're gonna do or you know if you get the ball field it throw it to first base he doesn't really say anything and then he kind of throws the ball in the middle of the first baseman and the pitcher, and neither, I mean, the pitcher doesn't even have a glove. He's like a little Asian kid named Kai. He doesn't even have a glove, right? And then the first baseman 
is just is just sitting standing there like staring off at the butterflies or something and and coach phil like kind of tosses the ball in the middle of them and nothing happens and then finally the first baseman kind of walks over and picks up the ball <laughs> and the coach goes now kai in this situation when the ball's hit between first and the pitcher you gotta run over behind him and cover first base <laughs> what (laughs) like are we serious right now if this was a squeeze play (laughs) like are you gonna talk about the infield fly roll next (laughs) like what like what is like that was really oddly complicated for a kid that looks like he's never played and didn't even bring a mitt and another kid that obviously is not paying attention but whatever so then coach phil decides like he gets a little frustrated and realizes okay this is gonna be more difficult than i thought and so he starts chucking the ball out into the field and the kids get ready to field it and then he yells freeze at them <laughs> what? so he yells freeze after he's thrown the ball in their vicinity because and the first time he does this i was like that's kind of weird so he throws the ball in the field it kind of dies in the grass and he goes freeze and then he says Okay, and he points to the person closest to the ball and goes, tell me what you're thinking right now. <laughs> Which I'm like, that's a really strange thing to say. Like, what are you thinking? What, what's, what's the right play here? Never and, ask a six or seven-year-old what they're thinking. Right. Especially when so, you need them to do something. Right. Like, they have so, to think about what they're thinking. And yeah, nothing else yeah. can occur at that moment. Yeah. So he's not really getting, you know, great answers. And he has to keep saying, like, no, you know. So now he's telling them, like, you know, what he's trying to get across is throw it to the closest base, right? So he starts making people become runners, and so he'll say, he'll he'll throw the ball at someone, and then he'll say freeze, and then he'll say, what are you thinking? Where should where should you what should you do right now? And he's looking for them, not because because some of them are now saying like throw to first, which. Technically, yeah, that's a viable option. And he'd be like, no, throw it to the closest base, right? So I'm, I'm watching this unfold, and I'm like, they are so confused right now. My daughter, who's got a great arm, and we just play, like, in the backyard. I haven't even taught her the rules of baseball. She literally started throwing the ball at the bases. And the bases, by the way, were helmets, not bases. And it's so <laughs> It's so accurate that she was hitting the helmets. And at first I was like, oh, that was kind of odd. But three times she like aimed for a helmet and like hit it. And then the ball goes flying off in a different direction. And I was like telling her, no, no, no. You have to throw to the person playing the position affiliated with the base. Don't throw at. I hope you use the word affiliated. Like don't throw at the actual base. Right. I'm trying to get the basics across. And this guy's like talking, he's like telling you, how, he's saying, okay, now if the ball goes to the pitcher, where are you going to go with it? And there's a runner on first. And so the guy, the kid's like first, he's like, no, well, maybe if you're closer to first, <laughs> not closer to first, you got to go to second and who should cover second. And the second baseman's a little, a little girl that is like clearly not paying attention. And the shortstop's a boy that's been goofing off and actually took his mitt off and put it on his head. So he's wearing his <laughs> mitt like a hat. And well, he you goes, are playing with hard balls and he does not have a helmet. So yeah. this might not have been a bad move. Plus so now, your daughter's plinking balls off the bases. Who knows yes, where they're going to go? 
Oh yeah. So then he says that the two, the shortstop and the second baseman have to call it and decide who's going to cover the base. I mean, we're we're dealing with like really complicated stuff here. So mind you, like you said, Nate, my daughter has a cannon for an arm for a six-year-old. She's already drilled Coach Phil's daughter in the leg um, accidentally, throwing at the helmet, hitting the helmet, and then hitting the girl in the leg. And other kids are, like, throwing the ball in randomly, and it's just missing kids' heads. Coach <laughs> Phil is even getting a little nervous, like, oh, and, oh, it didn't hit him good. And I'm thinking, dude, go to Dick's. Buy a bucket of these sponge balls and bring it back here. You're going to put one of these kids in the hospital. So then and so buy that, a, and for crying out loud, buy a name tag and put your real name on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then now we're done in the shaggy grass with the helmets acting as bases. And we decided to go take the field and kick this other bro of a coach off the field who's got like 30 kids with him. And then one by one, that coach starts yelling over to our coach. You got a Kylie on your team? And, and, and the coach's wife like looks at a list and goes, yeah, we have a Kylie. You got a Kayla on your team? Like, yeah, we have a Kayla too. Do you have a Jonas? Yeah, we got Jonas. Like half of our team was with the other coach for some reason. <laughs> like, like they didn't take role to start. No. And I thought it was weird that like, why do we have like five players and they have like 30? Well, it's because. They didn't know what the heck they were doing. So at this point, I'm getting a little bit nervous that Coach <laughs> Phil, while seemingly a great guy and maybe understands baseball really well, does not have a degree in early childhood education <laughs> and may not, you know, really know how to interact with these kids. So I go to him, I go, hey, coach. I was like, do you want me to pitch uh, batting practice to them so that you can concentrate on their form and giving them pointers? And he looks at me and he goes, oh, yeah, that'd be great, man. I'm not used to not being the pitcher. Uh, that'd be awesome. And so I was like, great. You know, so now I'm thinking, whew, I don't have to deal with this guy being like a terrible pitcher or something like that. <laughs> so I start pitching balls to all these kids, and they're taking their rips and running, and we're kind of doing situational defense, and it's going really well, right? Now, for whatever reason, he decides to step into the batter's box. And so I'm like, what? okay, Coach Phil's going to like hit a ground to someone because he's trying to get some kind of you know tip across he smokes a grounder off of my pitch it's it right at poor little kai who remind you doesn't have a mitt okay <laughs> yes. so this kid this kid wait wait was kai the one without a mitt or the one with yes. the mitt on his head <laughs> so kai's the little asian kid without a mitt right he's sitting at shortstop coach phil drills a grounder at kai kai amazingly jumps in the air with his one leg as if to avoid getting drilled and with his other ankle wait does he only have a one leg okay no no with his other ankle he very clearly makes a kick save like he's playing soccer <laughs> knocks the ball down and then he immediately grabs his ankle and starts rolling around on the dirt <laughs> writhing in pain and i look at coach phil and he goes Oh, probably should have took a little something off that one. <laughs> <laughs> Understatement like, of the if, day. Wow. If you can't crush if you can't crush the ball against little kids, who can you crush against? <laughs> oh he, my god. He even used the kid's bat. He brought his own bat. He's <laughs> 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 little twig D ball bats and he's got like a legit bat. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. 
Yeah. Oh my so, god. That's Coach, fantastic. Well, we're gonna see how this goes. But Nate, I may have more stories for yeah. you. Yeah, I uh, wrapped Coach up my Phil. third and fourth grade girls basketball league this week, and it it went really well. Um, although it's funny because we beat every team we played this year by over ten points, and the the lead stops at ten. Um, and then there's one team of a lot of girls I coached in other leagues, but they stacked that team for some ungodly reason, and they're destroying us. And I've got girls crying on my team, <laughs> and it's just it was just brutal, but it it all worked out well. So, um, so that that season is over, and my my favorite player on the team is named Kobe. She can only go right. She never passes, <laughs> and she will only guard the ball. Like <laughs> she's great at guarding the ball. Like, but literally, if she has the best person on the other team and she's guarding them, if they don't have the ball, she's literally not guarding them. So that it, it was, she was very aptly named. So I was super happy about that. And I also <laughs> learned this week that you do have to be careful about podcasts because I met my first organic podcast listener. So shout out to Steve and Kevin. Uh, Steve is uh, my friend or my wife's friend. It's her husband. And uh, my wife went to school with Tiffany and, and her husband. Um, and I can't remember I'm which so one Steve is. Right which now. one is you're Kevin? Just like, huh? You're just like saying first names. <laughs> like who, what, what, who is related to whom? Um, well, Scott? Steve or Kevin. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Kevin yeah. is married to Tiffany. <laughs> And that's who my wife went to school with. So I met him this weekend. Okay. Um, and so shout so out to Kevin because I'm terrible with like, names. As this podcast has proved. You met a guy through your wife and you just started talking. And, and then he's a Cavs a podcast some, listener. And somehow like and, and then he's like, you're Nate. And you're like, yeah. No, no, no. But he doesn't know I'm Nate. Like he doesn't register to him. But I started talking about the dunk podcast about who's too short to dunk. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That David guy's really funny. <laughs> there you go, David. <laughs> so there we go. Anyway, that was my. Uh, so shout out to Kevin and his brother, Steve. Who I also who've hopefully listened listened this long into this two hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, so we, yeah we've got to we've got to wrap this one up. But uh, at least two hours. How much did you guys do before I got here? Uh, half hour maybe. Dang, time flies. When you're having fun. It does, and this was a <laughs> yeah. lot of fun. We had and a lot we didn't to cover. Even cover. Some of the stuff I want to cover. Uh, I know, eg, you and I got to talk about Endgame. At some point. Oh yeah, I know. And then, oh, we uh, have to talk about Game of Thrones and Game too. of Thrones, but that's got to be a different pod. We can't do it on this. That's got to be. We're uh, we'll do it when the season's over. We're like walrus uh, teeth long. Yeah, we are. We are. So, uh, although we we, we gotta like, we gotta get one last thing to pitch. Though. We're like John Beeline age long. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, eg. What do you got to pitch? Uh, I'm gonna pitch. The the new Vampire Weekend album, I, I which I have listened to nonstop pitch. since it came fantastic. out. Fantastic! It's I I don't I don't dislike a single song on the album. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. It's like '80s Paul Simon influence, but so much yeah. more modern. Whoa! What? I want to listen to this. Who is it? Vampire <laughs> Weekend. What? Vampire Weekend. <laughs> Vampire <laughs> Weekend. That's the name of the group. Jesus. Yeah. Tom. Like what I love that funny? I love that I'm old and we're making fun of John Beeline, but you are in so many ways so much older. Oh wait, how old is how old are you actually, Tom? Like thirty? Nope, older. Thirty three? 
older. 35? Yep. You are the most mature 35-year-old man I've ever, I've ever talked to. <laughs> Thank you. I have a story to burst your bubble. So I'm interviewing a guy today. At, <laughs> at, this is Tom Spidge. We're I'm, going into we're going into a fourth overtime. <laughs> I'm interviewing a guy today at Winans, which you've probably never heard of, but it's like a Southern Ohio coffee shop. It's like a local place, and they've been expanding for a while. Anyway, it's my favorite place to take <laughs> Tom's people. Tom's today interview. is Winans. <laughs> yep, wine. It's it's really great. It's great coffee. So anyway, it's really <laughs> it's really close to where I work. It's my preferred spot to take people for kind of an initial interview. So I'm sitting there, and for whatever reason, this guy, because he got there before me, decided to pick the table right underneath the speaker, which is like, okay, whatever. And, I, I, you know, they got some, like, pop rock, you know, of the last 40 years, like, Pandora station on or something or playlist or whatever. And I'm just sitting here, and every every five to ten minutes or so like a song is coming on from when i was in high school and it is so distracting because i'm like oh i forgot about this song and i'm trying (laughs) to listen to this guy like talk to me about you know what he can do and you know and so a song comes on that i swear i haven't heard since high school it's called am to pm by some chick named christina million and it's a terrible song, like just from a production quality standpoint, like it just the samples are awful. And there's like probably three notes that they use to compose the entire thing. And the lyrics are useless. And it was a one hit wonder. But for it whatever reason, number 27 on the Billboard charts, for whatever reason, yeah. I'm sitting here listening to this song and I can't think about anything else. And <laughs> in my notes, I actually wrote down. Somebody hit the lights so we can rock it day and night. And then I realized <laughs> this guy's talking and I'm writing down like sequel and like all those things. And then later I'm like, I just wrote down the lyrics to a really terrible like 2001, you know, pop song. So I'm not that mature, David. Thank you. <laughs> uh, David, what do you got to pitch? Um. Well, I started playing. Uh, have you guys messed with indie video games at all? A indie? Bit. Yeah. I, well, I started playing some game called Hollow Knight. Like on oh, the, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. On, on the Switch. Some kid at work told me to play it. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try it. You know, it's cheap. It's 15 bucks. Um, why does video games have to be so hard? Basically. <laughs> like, I mean, have you I'm played Dark now. Souls at all? That game, those games are impossible. No, I, I've tried Dark Souls and I quit because it's not enjoyable. But so yeah, so I tried the indie game and I was like, my my uh, my conclusion to this is that one of my coworkers is just a giant nerd that's very good at video games. But I've I've gotten better at him, but it's still not that enjoyable. I'd rather just win every time. <laughs> well, my favorite. <laughs> so you should check this game. You play on computer or Switch or what do you play on? Uh, I got a Switch and a PS4. Okay. I'm still beating uh, Red Dead. Okay, so my favorite yeah. indie video game is called Cave Blazers. So that's Cave my Blazers? Cave Blazers. It's a side-scrolling dungeon uh, platformer, but with RPG Ooh. elements. So, Ooh, I'll write this down. <laughs> so there you go. It's my, my you know favorite what's indie a, video game. You know what's a great indie game is uh, Undertale. Yeah, my daughter loves Undertale. So Yeah, that's a... That's a great one. Yeah, so there you go. This has been possibly the longest Cavs of podcast in history. And as always, go Kevon, Cavs. Kevon Looney.
Kamani has two different two different shoes on right now. Yellow and green. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, go go Cavs. Our, so does and go uh, Jim John Beeline, but that's because he's old and senile. <laughs> and they're and they're Velcro. They're Velcro. <laughs> they're new ba- they got a new balance. New balance. This isn't recording, right? <laughs> it totally is. But as always, go Cavs. <laughs> go Cavs. Shout out to all our organic listeners. Yeah. No GMOs. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. And we're out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.